welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel podcast from Beyond Experiences. My name is Kishan and I'll be speaking with Anand today. Hi Anand. Hi Kishan. When Varanasi comes to my mind, a picture of a place of religious significance gets painted. Is my reading right? Kishan, your reading is both right and wrong. Yeah. You know, Varanasi is a place of huge religious significance, of course. It's also of huge historical significance, cultural significance, philosophical significance. <laughs> it's significant all around, man. You know, if you look at religion, then, uh, then yes, it's huge religious significance. The Hindus believe that um, this is the most ancient city. It was uh, built by Lord Shiva himself. And uh, Lord Shiva resides in the city is what the belief is. They also believe that if you die in Varanasi, and you're burnt in one of the guards there, you're cremated in one of the guards, you know, Hindus cremate the body. So if you're cremated in one of the guards out there, then you get into heaven directly in the sense that you you get away from this cycle of life and uh, death and rebirth. Um, in that sense, many people come here to die. So it's a huge religious significance. There are more than 20,000 temples in the city. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 20,000 20, of them, more than that. Small, big, all of them. The biggest, of course, is the Kashi Vishwanath Temple, uh, which is the most uh, ancient Shiva temple there. This is one of the 12 Jyotirlinga temples. You know, there are 12 uh, Shiva temples, which are the uh, most significant. They're called the Jyotirlingas, uh, which is Lingas or the Shiva idol, the Shivalinga that's born out of light. So 12 Jyotirlinga Shiva temples in the world. This is one of them. Hugely venerated. It's a must-visit temple here. Um, the original temple, of course, was destroyed and then uh, this one has been rebuilt and it's been rebuilt several times over. There's also a Sankat Mochan Hanuman temple, which is also a very, very uh, significant um, uh, place of religious interest, let's put it that way. Uh, the locals believe that it's built on the place where uh, the Tulsidas, the Saint Tulsidas had a vision of uh, Lord Hanuman, uh, who is the monkey god um, yeah, among Hindus. Then there's a Durga Mandir out there, and a Durga Kund, which is all 16th century, 18th century, etc. There's an Annapurna Devi temple. It's also significant for the Jains uh, from a religious perspective. Uh, there's a Parsavnath Jain temple, which is dedicated to Parsavnath. Parsavnath was the 23rd Tirthankara of Digambara Jainism. Or Parsavnath's birthplace was Belapur, which is near Varanasi. Very close, actually. There's a temple there. Sarnath, which is of uh, great significance for the Buddhists because Lord Buddha gave his first sermon after he attained Nirvana at Sarnath. So that's very close by again. And uh, auto rickshaw right away, actually. Uh, it's also a city of mosques. So it has a lot of very beautiful mosques, some 15 of them, which are very, very historically uh, significant. Um, the most pretty ones, the most beautiful ones, is a Gyanwapi mosque. This was built by uh, the Mughal Emperor Aurangzeb in uh, the 17th century. Um, the front of the mosque for it, uh, looks exactly like the Taj Mahal of Agra. Yeah, it's it's right next to the Kashi Vishwanath Temple. There's an Alamgiri Mosque, which is another mosque that was built by Aurangzeb in his own name. Mosque. It's on the Panchganga Ghat and it's very interesting architecture. A blend of Islamic and Hindu styles. So... Yes, to answer your question, religiously very significant for Hindus, Muslims, Jains, Buddhists, all of them. I mean, even uh, Guru Nanak is also supposed to have come here once to Varanasi. So even for the Sikhs, it's an uh, uh, important place of pilgrimage. I understand Varanasi is mentioned in the ancient Hindu texts, the Puranas. 
how old is this place exactly i don't know how old it is i don't think anybody knows how old it is uh, you know mark twain had uh, once written about uh, varanasi in his own style he said banaras is older than history older than tradition older than legend and looks twice as old as all of them put together <laughs> so um, he was a funny man and he was right i guess you know uh, it it's really really old it has many names banaras uh, kashi lots of names the legend is that lord shiva and his consort uh, goddess parvati stood here in the beginning of time it's a place where the gods walked as men and women the city was a you know they say it was a beacon of light and glory through through essentially devotion and education it was a place of religious uh, significance and it was a place where people came to get educated and therefore light um, in fact one of the names kashi comes from the word kash which means to shine the city was also called avimukta avimukta in sanskrit means one that is never forsaken by lord shiva it was also called anandavana the jungle of joy maybe that's why i like it because i'm called anand and and rudravasa which is uh, the abode of lord shiva so so many names if you're very old you have to have many names as you get older you add on names like like all of us and that's what's happened to varanasi also i know lots of cities in the world uh, lay claim to this yeah that and some may be true also that we are, and this is the oldest city etc i kind of believe varanasi being the oldest yeah. it's easy to believe once you visit the place you know the first time i reached there Uh, I didn't particularly like it. I got off at the railway station for the first time, and it was filled. There was a lot of garbage all over. People shouting. There were calling out to people. Hawkers, food, tea, smoke. I quite didn't like it. But very soon, and I, I think it must have taken on me two or three days. That's what it. It fall in love with the city. After that, I visited many, many times, and each time it's a different city that I kind of find. Each time it's a different memory that I carry back. What an enigma! Varanasi is an enigma to my mind. Yeah, it's uh, kind of been mentioned in the ancient legends uh, of the Puranas, uh, which are the ancient records, written records, and histories and stories of India. They said about five thousand years ago, the city was built by Lord Shiva himself. There are mentions of the city in the Puranas. It's there in the Rig Veda, which is the oldest Veda that is there. Uh, the epics, Ramayana and the Mahabharata, also mention it. in the skanda purana lord shiva speaks of this land the hindus believe that when the earth was created the first light lighted here in varanasi as i mentioned the buddhists and the jains also believe in the holiness of varanasi the 23rd tirthankara that i mentioned lord parshavnath was born here the buddha's first sermon was nearby it's a spiritual capital of india yeah. and to my mind uh, it's almost as old as hinduism is if you talk about history and uh, recent history then you know the city actually predates history yeah. recent uh, they did some archaeological efforts in two sites uh, some a few decades back and a place called akta and another place called ramnagar near varanasi they found uh, daily use items artifacts from 1800 bc yeah. so i mean just think of timelines okay the buddha founded buddhism here with his first sermon in 528 bc Quan Sang the Chinese traveler he visited Varanasi and wrote about it in 635 AD he called it Polonies of course and he said it was a major center of religion art commerce etc in the 8th century or 7th or 8th century AD Adi Shankara the first Shankaracharya of Hinduism uh, included Shaivism as an official sect of Hinduism in this place the uh, bhakti movement luminaries kabir das ravi das etc were born here 
I mentioned to you that Guru Nanak, uh, the founder of Sikhism, had uh, visited Varanasi. That was in uh, 1507. Uh, he visited Varanasi for the Mahashivratri, and it is said that uh, this trip led to the founding of Sikhism itself. Akbar in the 16th century, the Mughal Emperor Akbar, he was a patron of the city and built a couple of temples also. And the rest of the temples, the rest of the uh, most of the remaining large temples, were built by the Maratha and Bhumiyar kings. That was built in the 18th century. Of course, the British, true to their want, uh, uh, during the Indian Rebellion uh, of 1857, they massacred a huge number of Indian troops here and torched quite a bit of the city, and then it had to be rebuilt and all that. So, if one talks about ancient history, lots of it. Ancient written history, again, lots of it, and recent history. It has been. a significant turning point in most of india's history so it's that old i mean don't ask me how old it was i don't know and most people don't know either how would you go about describing varanasi i understand this place has many ghats temples and even mosques i would like to hear more about this place from you this is the city of temples and mosques and religion and spirituality it's also a city of ghats yeah. Varanasi is located at the at the junction where the rivers Varuna and Assi join the uh, river Ganges. The river Ganges is supposed to be the holiest river, right? It is a city of ghats by the river Ganges. A ghat is essentially a set of steps to go into the river. This is where all the rituals, the pujas, the religious ceremonies are conducted by devotees and pilgrims. Even the cremations and the ritual baths and the first bath or, or uh, the equivalent of baptism, so to say, the first bath that's given to the child, all of that happens at, on the ghats. There are 84 of these ghats in the city. The famous ones, the not so famous ones, all of them put together, 84 ghats. Think of it: 20,000 temples, 84 ghats. In a sense, the city, you know, is around this river. It's only on one bank of the river. The other bank of the river is supposed to have been cursed, and therefore nothing's built there. So on one bank of the river, there are these ghats, which are steps that lead into the river. Eighty-four of them, and from these eighty-four, there are branches of roads that go inwards, inland, away from the river, and that's where the city is. Right, most of these ghats have a story and a specific significance. Like one of them, um, which is the Harishchandra Ghat, has got the story about this king who, at one point in time, fell on tough times, and then he. Gave away all his wealth to somebody, and then he came and worked as an apprentice at uh, at the Harishan at at this ghat uh, for a, a, a person who would cremate bodies, the chandalas. And he worked out there at the lowest of the low caste, so to say, in ancient times. And he came and worked there along with his um, family, and did that as a matter of uh, uh, penance, you could say. But that's a Harishchandra ghat. It still exists. There's still cremations that happen there. Every ghat has a story in it. these are essential to the hindu there are vital cogs you see hindus believe that there are a chain of elements which are in three stages one is the physical the metaphysical physical and the supernatural chain the ghats are a vital cog in these between these met physical metaphysical and supernatural think of it the river the city connected by the ghats in a sense physical metaphysical and supernatural nothing else You know that's fairly deep. We won't get into that. And one school of thought only. Let me tell you about one of the most interesting ghats. The main ghat there is called the Dashashwamedh ghat. This is the primary ghat. The legend is that uh, Lord Brahma, who is the creator in Hindu mythology, created this ghat in honor of Lord Shiva. There's a daily evening fire worship that happens, the Agni Puja. It's quite a sight. It is fantastic. It's a must-do if you're here. 
मणिकर्णिक घाट माई फेवरेट घाट रेली इट्स मेन क्रिमेशन घाट इन वाराणसी दिस इज कॉल्ड ग्रेट वे टू हेवन इट्स अ प्लेस वेर लेजेंड हैज इट दैट देर नेवर बीन अकेंड नेवर बीन अकेंड वेर देर वॉज नो फ्यूनरल पायर बर्निंग सिंस द क्रिएशन ऑफ द वर्ल्ड the story goes that once while bathing lord shiva and uh, goddess parvati his consort were bathing there and uh, the goddess's earring fell in the river so lord shiva has seven priests who were kind of hanging around there to find it one of them found it but said that he hadn't lord shiva being a god etc he knew that he'd found it so he cursed them these seven priests to perform funeral rites for eternity be that close to death they and their families still do it they live by the ghats have been li- living by the ghats for generations in fact as per tradition the stubs in their house are supposed to be fired with logs from the funeral pyres of manikarnika ghat the person who controls all of this is part of this family this ancient family is called the dom raja and he is a is the most powerful man actually in the crematorium he controls the entire operations then there is a grand ghat um, this is the birthplace of two of the jain tirthankaras suparswanatha the 7th tirthankara and parsavnatha the 23rd tirthankara i must tell you manikarnika ghat is a place if you get into varanasi you must visit and spend a night there don't go in the morning or in the evening you will just think it's a religious hodgepodge you go in the night you will see the essence of that ghat sit there beyond 11:30 12 in the night go past midnight this the place comes to life then and it's not the most uh, safe place i would suggest that you you know leave your belongings your mobile phone etc in your hotel room but go and sit there fantastic experience something you will not get anywhere else considering how old this city is i'm sure there is some form of a mythological connect to mythology yes of course if it's that old it has to be part of mythology so you see uh, there are three primary gods in hinduism as you know uh, brahma vishnu and shiva the creator the preserver and the destroyer so apparently once there was a war between lord shiva and lord brahma and uh, lord shiva tore off one of brahma's five heads and then he carried it around with him at varanasi this fell off and disappeared into the ground that's why lord shiva considered it a holy land and built the city here a city that was founded by lord shiva himself at the beginning of creation and then there are innumerable connects with mythology one of the most um, uh, interesting ones is in the mahabharata um, you know the mahabharata the ancient hindu epic it speaks of the war between brothers in a family the pandavas uh, were five brothers and the kauravas were another 100 brothers their step brothers there was a, a war for the kingdom etc the pandavas win finally but then they had to atone for their sin of fratricide so they came to varanasi to pray to lord shiva for this uh, there are seven holy cities according to hinduism the saptapuri these can provide moksha according to the hindu belief they can provide moksha or liberation from the cycle of life these are ayodhya mathura haridwar varanasi kanchi avanti and dwarka varanasi is one of those the pandavas came here and they believed to have built a few of the temples here when they were praying to shiva lord shiva as you know uh, used to live here is what the belief is there's more connect in the mahabharata before the war of the mahabharata and the pandavas and kauravas you know the pandavas and kauravas were brothers they first cousins essentially they faced off against each other right now the great grandmothers of the pandavas and kauravas ambika and ambalika were princesses of kashi varanasi bhima who was one of the pandavas the strongest of them all married valandhara another princess of kashi their child sarvaga became the king of kashi later 
opposite side to the Pandavas, the eldest Kaurava prince was Duryodhana. His wife was also a Kashi princess. Her name was Banumati. And so on. There's lots of interesting mythology in this place here. From the Shiva Puran, from the Mahabharata, from the Ramayana, from the Devi Purana, there's lots of it. I did read your article where you compare Varanasi to an onion. Why is it so? Hi, you read that one. Yes, that blog got me a lot of flack and a lot of excitement among a lot of people. But I still believe it is like an onion. It may sound strange, but uh, the reason I say that is because you can keep peeling off layers of the city like an onion to reveal a whole new city, just like the onion. It's a city that almost seems to live in layers and you peel off one by one by one. Some cities, you know, are like that. It's not just Varanasi. For instance, Berlin, you know, um, it, it lives in layers. Every time that I visit Berlin, I find a different thing in it. Or Istanbul, or maybe even London. Yeah. And and the person who's traveling there, the explorer or the traveler, can choose whichever one he prefers. The inner layers are visible only to those who look hard enough to peel the layers. On the surface, Varanasi is a city. It's bustling, it's trading, it's rushing away. It's uh, You get off the station, that's my first impression that I had, like I told you. You get down there, it's a bustling city. There are people selling kachoris and tea and puri and... Uh, Uh, charts and uh, other foods and parathas and so on and so forth. Lots of filth, lots of uh, dirt. Peel away that outer crust of commerce and there you have the religious Varanasi which is full of traditions and rituals and beliefs and superstitions. Early in the morning you'll find people rushing to the Ganges, uh, you know, in the middle of the fog. You can't see anything, you just hear words Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya and they're rushing into the, uh, uh, the river. The pilgrims coming out there, they're priests waiting on the guards, the people soliciting and saying, listen, let me do a puja for you. Uh, I will do it much better than anybody else does it. Pay me this much, pay me 500 rupees, maybe 1000 rupees, maybe 100 rupees, bargaining, negotiating. The next layer is traditions, rituals, beliefs, superstitions, religious varanas. And then you have the temples. And then the next layer is history. If you're that old, you will have history, right? And quite a checkered history. After that layer of history where you have all of these Aurangzebs and Akbar and all of them and whatever they had done and the Britishers after that and so on. Below that layer of history, there is the layer of rational education with the Banaras Hindu University and uh, uh, the rationalist schools out there etc. From there, the one of deep-rooted ancient culture. Various schools, the Agora school is one of them, the Vedic school is one of them. Uh, it is the seat of culture, really. It was uh, the center of culture at one point. Much deeper down, much, much deeper down is a layer of philosophy. Very deep philosophy. See, just like the city peels to show you the next layer, similarly, it peels the traveler's mind to go deeper and deeper into the self. I have personally found some of my most introspective moments in this city here. Doing the most mundane of things, eating the roadside snacks or gazing at the river or lounging on the carts or drinking the bang or getting uh, caught in the frenzy of the Ganga Aarti, whatever. I found myself having the most introspective moments here. Or maybe ka Ghat, home to many of my introspective moments. Those are the layers that I was talking about and that's why I, I compared it to an onion. What are the places you would recommend visiting in and around Varanasi? Yeah, there are lots of places to visit, lots of things to do. If you're that old a city, there must be lots to do. Yeah. To my mind, the best thing you can do is just take long rambling walks on the guards without a name. In true Lord Shiva's time. Yeah. Just walk early in the morning, 
walk late in the night but walk along the ghats and keep deviating going towards uh, uh, into the city away from the river exploring it coming back to the river and walking along the ghats believe you me all your must dos will get covered you know, for instance a boat ride quite an experience take a boat ride on the ganges to see the sunset and if possible try and see the ganga aarti from the river at the shashmai ghat quite a sight spectacular it is the food from the ghats you walk towards the city various streets uh, um most of them seem to specialize in a particular kind of food so you will get all kinds of food whatever you want north indian south indian bengali italian british chinese whatever many vegetarian options take your pick try them all i would say without the guilt you can hit the gym and you get back home from varanasi oh by the way there's not too much alcohol out here you do have some high end restaurants that give it there are some shops in which i've been able to procure alcohol um few and far between um those are the government approved liquor shops do not buy them from anywhere else but that you can have anywhere the local uh, intoxication here the intoxicant of choice to so to say something that they call bhang it's a powdered form of marijuana shops sell it legally here yes you may not believe it but they sell it legally here you will find government approved shops that are selling it they mix it in a drink called lassi which is a sweetened yogurt drink they are dry fruits and cream etc add bhang to this it makes it a potent drink had as a prasad or um, a blessing of lord shiva it's a must try here be fairly careful it can be more potent far far more potent than you think so sample it don't have too much of it as i said walk along the ghats you will see the dashashamedh ghat the panchganga ghat the jain ghat the manikarnika ghat spend a night spend a late night in manikarnika the harishchandra ghat um harishchandra ghat and the manikarnika ghats are the cremation ghats here there's a ramnagar fort it's an 18th century mogal style fort it is a residence of the king of varanasi the kashi naresha as he's called and then the temple visits there are more than 20000 temples in the city i take your pick visit the kashi vishwanath temple the sankat mochan durga temple all others whichever you can go and visit it's great fun about 10 kilometers from varanasi is sarnath this is the place where the river ganga and uh, varuna meet The Deer Park here is the place where the Buddha gave his first sermon after attaining an enlightenment. Other than that, oh, lots of things to do here. Lots of places to see: the Aghor Peet, the Alamgir Mosque, the Central University for Tibetan Studies, the Banaras Hindu University, which is massive. And then go buy stuff. There's uh, the Banarasi sarees, which are found only here. It's an ancient craft. They hand make. Um, uh, let's call it hand craft rather than make. It's the most gorgeous and most expensive also of Indian silk sarees. the uh, clan of momin ansari muslims who are the main silk weavers here they on perpetual work from home basis they sit at home and keep making sarees painstaking exercise but they are very famous across india fine silk gold and silver brocades very grand of course mechanization and computer aided design is killing this industry now lots to buy here depending on your interest from mirzapur carpets and rugs brass and copper toys jewelry musical instruments books mangoes milk sweets whatever you want here lots to do lots to do for staying is concerned if you're a, the, the luxurious comfort kind of places are uh, if you want those then stay on the outskirts if you want to breathe the city and really experience varanasi stay cl- as close to the ghats as possible may not be as luxurious may be very cramped uh, but there are good comfortable options The nerve center of the city is walking distance. I always uh, try and stay as close to the guards as possible. Lastly, before I let you go, 
how does one get to varanasi and what time of the year would you recommend visiting this place okay getting to varanasi and the time to visit simpler things i'll tell it to you in two parts okay one is physically getting there and the other is preparing your mind to get there how to get there varanasi is a city on the banks of the ganges yeah it's some 300 kilometers from lucknow it's about 120 kilometers from alabad Uh, Varanasi Junction is a railway station. It, uh, Varanasi also has an international airport, by the way. So getting there fairly simple. Any part of India, most parts of the world, you can get into Varanasi um, either by a direct flight or via Delhi, via Allahabad, via Lucknow. When to visit? But summer is from April to June. The monsoons are from July to October. The winters are from November to mid March. Winters are nice, warm days, cold nights, and fog. It's not uncomfortably cold, even in the peak winter nights. Okay, it maybe may get down to about five degrees Celsius. I quite enjoy going there in winter. The monsoons are a bit of a mess. The narrow streets of the city it may, can get very messy. It has its own charm to it. The summer though is unbearably hot. It can go up to forty-five degrees Celsius. I avoid it, but that's me. You take your pick. You love the sun. You love sweating it out. You love the humidity. Go there. In that sense, it's a city for all eternity. What do seasons matter? That brings me to um, uh, another important preparation that you must do before you go out there. You know, if you are uh, really interested in peeling off those layers of the onion that I said, then you must look at the philosophy that's at the core of Varanasi. Try and understand that because then you'll be far more, uh, you know, more than the flight tickets and more than the train journeys and the buses. This, I think, is more essential when you get into Varanasi. You see, the philosophy that permeates the city of Varanasi at the deepest uh, uh, layer of that city. This is represented by by the ubiquitous mantra Om Namah Shivaya that I said. The ultimate mantra in Shaivism, very popular among all Hindus. It essentially underlines the ancient Hindu belief of the universal consciousness being concentrated into one, and that concentration point being what is called Shiva. Namah Shivaya is a simple mantra of five syllables. It's called the Panchakshara. conveys the deepest meaning of the philosophy of oneness between god and man in one consciousness no education or intellect is required to understand this it's that simple and that's why shaivism is one for the masses of course understanding the simplicity comes from a lot of study and meditation and effort think of it the simplicity of the iphone is far more than designing a, a more complicated phone uh, uh, don't you think far more difficult isn't it The symbolism. One of the traditions believes that the mantra symbolizes the Pancha Bodha Tattva of Shiva and the oneness of the five elements with the universal consciousness, which is Shiva. The five syllables uh, in the mantra of Nama Shiva Ya represent the five elements of earth, water, fire, air, and sky. When we say air, this is the pranic air, which is the air, the life air in. There are various other interpretations of this. It focuses on Shiva's uh, form and its oneness with man's soul, etc. It connects the Lord's hidden and obvious grace, the world, Lord Shiva, and the soul together into one universal consciousness. Yet another interpretation is that the mantra focuses on Lord Shiva's body, with each syllable representing different parts of the body. Different thoughts, but the idea it brings out is the same: oneness of the whole. The mantra is supposed to be very auspicious, and hence it's used before and during all important life events. It's part of the daily prayer for most Hindus, and Varanasi reverberates to this in the mornings and evenings during prayer time. Then there's a philosophical content to it. It's used by meditators on life and death. It essentially, questions duality. 
it takes right and wrong pure and impure beautiful and ugly etc mixes them up into one complex whole and then there is no right or wrong no beautiful or ugly there's only one being one consciousness one shiva connect the thought of this oneness and non differentiation try to answer questions that come to your mind every visitor in varanasi has these questions i had the same why is the city so dirty how can so many people uh, uh, live in such close proximity can a temple and squalor coexist how can a river be so dirty and yet be believed to be so cleansing how can the ganga be used for daily ablutions and also for prayer the river is so abused during the day why is it worshiped in the evening can birth be celebrated in one ghat while in the next ghat of the same river a corpse is being burned what is purity what's the significance of ganga what's life what's death and so on and so forth go there prepare yourself figure it out for yourself the answer is a quick hit the answer lies in taking metaphorical leaps of imagination and the panchakshara mantra celebrating oneness think of the ganga celebrating the oneness of life in in just like the namashivaya bob dylan of course believe that the answer is blowing in the wind but you might find some other uh, understanding of it Think about it. There's one Agori Sadhu that I met in Manikarnika Ghat one late one night. You can call it early morning also. He said the biggest cause of death is birth. So why fear one and celebrate another? One truth of oneness. Those various renditions come up as you peel more and more. That's why I call Varanasi the onion. You know, it cuts through to almost all thinkers and seekers, irrespective of faith. You know, I, I don't know if you've uh, read this book or seen this film called Eat, Pray, Love. Um, fairly iconic. The seeker in that was also given the chant of Om Namah Shivaya by her guru. Of course, she was probably wrong about the meaning that she ascribed to it. But what does it matter? <laughs> right and wrong are one, right? But that's what it is. This mantra symbolizes the city. Varanasi is a state of mind, one that encompasses everything and questions everything. right and wrong life and death creation and destruction it requires imagination and effort to understand the city once you understand the essence of this philosophy varanasi is pure joy getting there is the easiest thing to do but prepare your mind before going there only then you will get to the deepest layer the deepest peel of the onion that's varanasi thanks for your time anand it's always a pleasure having you on the show thank you once again thanks for tuning in Do come back for more such experiences to the Beyond Our Experiences Travel Podcast. Take care, stay safe, have fun, and whatever else you do, don't trip on the usual.